For a few years now, someone who I trusted to follow me on my personal Instagram account has been consistently selling stories about me to Take a Break magazine. After a long time trying to figure out who it could be, for various reasons, I had a suspicion. To try and prove this, I came up with an idea. I blocked everyone from viewing my Instagram stories except one account. Over the past five months, I've posted a series of full stories, such as when I left my washing in the washing machine for over a day. That made the front page take the break, I tell you. <laughs> now I know for certain from which account it is from. I have saved and screenshotted all the original stories, which clearly show just one person has viewed them. It's Ed Dyson's account. <laughs> then we move on to the maxi challenge. And we uh, are told that they're gonna have to produce a classic look of Queen Elizabeth's. Um, so what would you do if you were given this challenge? If I took a Queen Liz outfit, what do I like? I think maybe I'd do a, a Liz, like a 2000s Liz, where she had like a bright, maybe like a pink pastel suit. I do love a bit of pink. Well, that gets done quite a lot on the runway. It is. I'd kind of do a Cheryl Hole, but better. Well, it won't be hard <laughs> yes, to do better. We will get to <laughs> oh, that. It not be hard. Yeah, that's what I maybe would do. Did no one do her like coronation outfit? Yeah, I think Gothy oh, did, so clearly that didn't okay. go well. Um, Who would you do? I what think is? I would do Queen Elizabeth during the era when um, she killed Princess Diana. I thought that was a really good fashion era for her. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she looked really like, confident during that era because she was, she was killing it, literally. <laughs> um, um, just uh, to say, that's not true. Uh, hi there. Um, yeah. I, I'm Caitlyn Jenner. You can call me Kate. I've, um, yep, yeah, I've been, uh, watching the UK season of the, um, of the RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, so, so far I'm very impressed. Um, these girls, they, um, they got a lot of spunk. Yep, yeah, got a lot of spunk about them. Uh, especially that, um, that bag of chips. She looks like she's, uh... <laughs> Had a lot of spunk in her time. <laughs> so, see? I can make jokes too, you know? Uh, I'm not just strictly glamour. Do you know what I mean? My heart really went out to Scaredy Cat this week. Uh, she was unfortunately um, eliminated and told to sashay away. Some people thought she was a bit too um, too whiny in the challenge. I get that. She She made a mistake. I know all about making mistakes, okay? I married Chris fucking Jenner. So no one knows more than me. Do you know what I mean? You know I love Cheryl. Well, God, if you we know, know anything about you, we know we you love, love Cheryl. You, you know I love Steph. It's so much was missed out. So 100 percent, I agree. Out. Yeah. But some tea for Ooh, you, yes. I love tea. <laughs> um, Bagger was hosting a viewing party at the Brewers. Yeah. And apparently said at the party. They had, about, I think this actually went on for 10 questions. Because yeah. they film a lot more. Yeah, they cut a lot out. Um, Bagger did say she did put on all the GC phrases. And she was referencing all the GC famous quotes. But they just cut it all out. Oh, really? But then... So Bagger, Bagger was defending us. And she did do it all. They just didn't use it. But then, because I feel like they missed out a lot of Gemma's best things. I don't know why they included those. Because I think the things that needed to be there, which now you've said that maybe they were, would have been for her to fall... 
because like she's known for her famous <laughs> falls. So the same way that um, Naomi Smalls uh, fell when she did Wendy Williams yeah. on American, they should have had Gemma falling about the panel. And the main thing, I think, is the Gemma's meltdown on Big Brother about I'm sick of playing stupid fucking games, and she's there at the snatch game. Play so that game. that oh. meltdown surely should have been a must have. Three, four, seven, two takes on the trot. That's my favourite ever. <laughs> Do you see that? Get that fire exit door. That's what she got in. I'm out of ammo. I'm fucking out of here. I've had it. You think these cats going to pay my mortgage? I've got money. Um, and they also should have referenced her most famous Towie quote, which is, um, you ain't ever going to get any of this candy. And then you drop the towel. So there was so much missed out. But I'm glad to know from you that she did include it. But According to Bagger, she did. They just didn't use it. What's your name and where you're from? Oh, sound like What's your name? Where'd you come from? Ed from London. Uh, questions for Davina and Bagger. All stars? <laughs> Babe, we just got done with Syria. <laughs> UK all stars? to have an all stars. Yeah. yeah. But would they be up for it? If it was, because they're talking about US versus UK. Who's oh, yeah. You mean Twitter? Jinx Monsoon said she wants to see it happen. After yeah. she slagged off the show, yes. She <laughs> Um, the Vivian comes out in like a floral humanoid with a finally a prosthetic nose, but she was accused of having <laughs> brown cat suit with flowers. Um, Rue says no one wants to wake up in a brown onesie. We've all been there. Um, I think she kind of looks like the cat in the hat. She does. She looks like a who? Oh, with the pooey onesie, like the scat in the hat. Ooh. I think um, I didn't expect this from the Vivian. It's kind of like amazing, but kind of shit. Yeah, it's a hor- that brown is a horrible colour. And it's just kind of flowers everywhere. And also the Whoville <laughs> face doesn't yes. really go with Whoville. the... It does. She's a little... Um, Who's the little girl in the Grinch? That's what she looks like. She Doesn't does. Really... Do you know that's what I was thinking? The Grinch, not the. Oh, maybe it's both. They're both Doctor Zeus. Yeah, it's just the whole Whoville. You're right. It's the whole Whoville, but doesn't really go with the flowers. No, from the waist up, I like it. But from the, the waist fat. down, it's. <laughs> You're supposed to say she's not. <laughs> You're supposed to say she's. <laughs> You can't say that. You're supposed to say she's not giving shame. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just say she looks fat. <laughs> well, she's not fat. So yes, the outfit clearly no. is. <laughs> I'm not saying she. I'm saying the outfit looks fat. Oh my god! I'm crying. <laughs> Hello, it's Lorraine Kelly here. Just saying that uh, I'm going to be featuring as a judge on Drag Race UK. Isn't that brilliant? I know, it's great. So, I've always loved drag queens. I, I just think they're brilliant. They've always got such fantastic legs, yeah. I mean, my legs are just like a pair of uncooked baguettes, you know. So, to see a nice pair of beautiful, muscular, firm legs, it's brilliant. And, um, of course, they can sing a bit too. And uh, they're so funny, witty. And um, that's brilliant. I just can't wait. Exactly. So embrace the nerves, ride it and hide it, as Andrew says. And um, 
someone who surely never gets nervous is Bianca Del Rio. And we've got an interview with her now, which is amazing. If I do say so myself. So we're going to cut to that and see you in a sec. Are you going to be able to watch Drag Race UK? Are Are you wanting to watch it? Well, I'm excited because I know four girls that are on it. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if I know how to string it and find it, that's always the hardest part for me because I'm geriatric. Um, <laughs> I don't even have a Netflix account because it's too complicated. So if I can get to see it, but the great thing also is social media, then, you know, there'll be some bootleg version of it online that I can find out or just read people's comments and I'll know who to hate. <laughs> and you, um, obviously, you've worked here a lot, so you know a lot about British drag. In what way do you expect it will be different from the American show? Well, I think it has to be different from the American yeah. show. And anybody who doesn't think it's going to be different is stupid. Uh, it has to be different because the, the entertainment pool is different, and which is probably one of the reasons why uh, I'm a little more attracted and can relate to the girls here is because they have a live act. A majority of them either sing or, they, or they're uh, actors or performers or, or you know, uh, they're comedians, which in America, it's a little more of a lip sync era. Yeah. Um, not to say that they aren't the same people. I'm just mean that generally you had an act and you worked in a club or you worked in a pub and you did shows so i I appreciate that on a level um, not to say that i don't appreciate people lip-syncing is that i can relate to that more so i am excited to see their talents and obviously they're going to have to cater to that talent to make their show successful yeah that's what everyone's saying that we're confident in the uk about performance but they're worried that we can't do glamour or turn looks whereas obviously on your season you could do both do you think that the no actually on on american season sometimes that's all they do is give glamour because there's no substance (laughs) yeah but you you were one of the ones who obviously could were versatile in both do you think i'm not a glamour girl but go ahead (laughs) (laughs) do you think that um our British queens might surprise viewers and end up being able to turn more looks than uh, people are expecting? Well, I hope so, because that's the requirement. You know, I mean, not everybody can go on a show with the same dress and every color like I did. (laughs) (laughs) And still won. It's been done. (laughs) And um, uh, who would you like to see be impersonated on um, the Snatch Game that the UK does? Because that's what a lot of people are excited about. Okay, but before I answer that, i got to let you know they're yelling at me to wrap this up. So um, I'm saying, um, um, uh, who are they going to impersonate? Uh, oh, I'd love to see them impersonate the cock destroyers. <laughs> That's your latest thing <laughs> that, that Americans are fascinated with. <laughs> I think the cock destroyers would be lovely. I mean, it would probably not all the footage couldn't air, but that I would love to see. And uh, do you think RuPaul will understand all of the British sense of humour? If RuPaul doesn't understand all the sense of humor, she'll pay someone to understand it. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's got enough money; she could pay someone to understand it for her. Uh, no, I think I think you sell yourself short. I think Ru is actually Ru is one of those few people that actually enjoys anything funny. Uh, yeah. She when she starts laughing, it's over. So uh, come on, she's not an idiot. I think she knows what she's doing. And uh, you uh, you know all the people who are on this on the first season, but are there any tips you have for UK queens that you'd like to see on future seasons, assuming it goes on for a long time? No, I think I, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend anybody doing the second season until they see the first season, and see if it works for them. I think that's the big problem. I think when you when you do drag, so many people spend their time circling the globe, going, "But when are you going to do Drag Race?" It's not for everyone. If you see it and it is, it works for you, and you think, "Hey, this is something I want to take part of," go and do it. But I would be the last person to suggest or recommend someone doing it if it's not for them. We've seen many people that weren't right for it mentally uh, or in their mind or or in their careers to go on and tackle the show, and it ended up being disastrous so i think uh i think watch it see if you can relate to it see if you see yourself and other people and if you're up for the challenge it's a lot harder than you think 
Yeah, I think a lot of um, queens are holding back. They didn't apply for the first season because they're doing just that, watching it and seeing how it goes. So I think... Um, yes! Yeah, I think that might yes, be wise. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for talking to me, Bianca. It's a pleasure thank as you. always. Um, and I'll let you go now. And I can't wait to come and see you at Wembley soon. I will see you there. Wembley, Wembley, Wembley. I'll see you with all the wig on. <laughs> of course. Right, I'll see you Take soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Oh no! I've get it's just I get performance pressure. <laughs> That's all my exes tell me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. Pop of Viagra and go for it. Okay, <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> can you do that, by the way? <laughs> oh yeah, you can I can do that. Do that, that doesn't need to be a segment. Well done. Um, okay, okay. Right. Oh, I got it this morning. It's so annoying. Okay, right. <laughs> Three, two, <laughs> two. She's lost it. Oh. <gasps> You did it, I did it, I did it. Oh, Eight weeks in. Do you know what? Your timing couldn't have been better. The Yay! last recap show and you got it. I got it. I did it. Well done. Thank well done, you. Charlie. Hiya, it's Cheryl, your latest judge on Drag Race UK. Yes, it's true. I've been asked and I looked at the project and I thought, wow, we, this is amazing. So I said yes and I'll do it. I will do it a couple of times and if I like it, I'll do it more because I think the Drag Race UK is a fantastic thing that I want to judge and I've got nothing else on at the moment and I'm actually really desperate for gigs so if there's anything else you need me judging on, please ask, please, seriously, I'm desperate now, please ask anything, I'll judge, I'll judge anything. Someone said, but I haven't noticed this, that you say RuPaul. Like RuPaul. RuPaul? Yeah, you do. How am I supposed to say it? RuPaul. RuPaul? RuPaul? No, I'm not RuPaul, is it? RuPaul. No, it's a thing. RuPaul, like... I say, um, <laughs> like, Paul, it's Paul, 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 and Paul. As in, P-A-U-L is Paul. Paul. P-U-L-L. Paul, like, to Paul someone. But I'd say Paul. Paul. Paul, P-O-O-L. P-O-O-L. Like swimming pole. Pole. So it's you, all the same word. If you pole RuPaul in the swimming pole. Yeah, it's the one word. How would you say it? I pulled RuPaul in the swimming pool. No, that's how <laughs> I speak, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's pole, pole, pole. I guess we can't all have proper elocution. Do you think that fans are going to be very happy with what happens? Well, I'll tell you this. People are never happy. Yeah. Every year. Shay was robbed. Kim Chi was robbed. Shangela was robbed. Like everybody's always robbed. Everybody always disagrees. Yeah. Well, that like that was one of the main points when, when I said you'd seem to deal with this all better than anyone else, and I just thought that you, you and Alaska, this in the previous All Stars, both just seemed oh, yeah, to give like a masterclass in terms of how to deal with that, because some people I mean, get defined people by it. Think Chad robbed Raven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're right, it happens every season, but I think what makes it lasting is how the person reacts to it. Some people get very consumed by it, don't they? But um, you seem to... Let me tell you that. These people who say whoever's robbed haven't been robbed. I've been robbed. (laughs) Actually robbed. I've been actually robbed. So, you know... Yeah. Like, winning and and losing, the truth is, um, right before I won Dry Race, I was talking to Alaska, and I was like, really, you know, I'm scared, whatever, I'm excited. And she said, Trixie, she said, winning and losing are really 
the same. Once if you win, you'll see that winning and losing have always been really similar. She's right. They encourage Cheryl to do her Welsh accent, which is terrible. <laughs> That's not an opinion. It's just objectively terrible. <laughs> uh, can you do a Welsh accent? A Welsh accent. Played Cymru. <laughs> what was those words? That's the Welsh National Party. Played yeah. Cymru. Played Cymru. Played Aberystwyth. <laughs> Look, I say just names. Going down Cardiff. <laughs> Cardiff Flake. You sound like gay Tom Jones. <laughs> and it is unusual. Case Jones. Road Rage. It's all over the front page. You give me road rage. <laughs> that was an Egyptian cab driver. What you want about? That was Alkmaar, the Egyptian sorry. cab driver. What are you talking about? I love that song. You shouldn't have mentioned it. It just got me all excited. Page. Hey, Oppa. <laughs> Let's swiftly move on. <laughs> Moon obviously goes without saying. You edit that. <laughs> However, this week was a huge exception because this is something that I think all gay people have very close to their hearts and it's like, I don't feel like it kind of gets talked about enough. So for me, it was really amazing hearing this conversation take place on the episode. Did you feel like that? Yeah, I think we don't talk enough about um, the trauma maybe we faced at school and how it affects you throughout your life. I feel like you even saying trauma then was with hesitation and I think it's taken me a long time to to say that as well, because you kind of feel like you're being silly, but it's true. Like, I do feel like we all are quite traumatized. From yeah. That. Like, it's very easy to sometimes dismiss or to kind of bottle down the experience of being gay to just coming out and then it's over with. But yeah. I think we carry a lot of the things that were leading up to that because the whole process goes on for years and years and years. And I think it's very hard to just shake that off just because you came out and it went okay. I think a lot of us are still carrying a lot of issues, resentment and yeah, shame from that period. it's shame. There's so much shame. I mean, I think I was kind of lucky I didn't get bullied at school. There were definitely incidents. It was regularly called gay. Um, but I also like was like, well, I am. So, <laughs> even though people were using it as an insult, I tr- tried not to think of it as one. But there was one incident where a guy in a class held a chair over my head and, like, demanded that I admit I was gay and wouldn't, like, stop doing it until I eventually admitted it. So that was very, very humiliating. Oh, my God. Um, he became my first boyfriend. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but I think I went, to, I went to quite rough school, not like you with your grammar school, where, like, I think everyone who boy. went there, no matter who you were, got called names. Yeah. And, like, so I was getting called names, but I was also calling everyone else names. So <laughs> it was kind of a free-for-all at my school. So I think that, in a way, that was a good thing. So no one was kind of singled out too much. Yeah. I had my, um, my school bag and coat set on fire. Oh, school band? School bag. Oh, by who? These group of boys, yeah, I, I came... Well, you're wearing it? No, they t- I left it in the classroom over lunch, and then someone came up to me and was like, oh, all your stuff's on fire. And then made a little bonfire on the school field and set all my stuff on fire. That's so sad. It is sad, right? Did you go to the head teacher? Yeah, and they gave me £20 to replace it. Did they catch the culprits? Yeah, and didn't do anything. It was very sad. That's really sad. Oh. I know, and then I became, I like, really isolated myself. Like, I was too scared to... Um, go into classrooms late because it meant people would look at you. So, oh my God, I so know what you're talking so about. So if I got to a class and it was full, I, I wouldn't go in. Because the idea of like going in and just having to walk to my desk with everyone looking at me was too much. And now you're a stand-up comedian. I know, right? And I get on stage. But yeah, I couldn't do it. I would like look through the little like porthole on the door. 
Like glory holes. <laughs> Through the glory hole. Yeah, I just class, I just, I just wouldn't go in. Just the idea of like people looking at me. I totally know what you mean. I remember you'll have had them as well, where there were certain um, points in classes where you all had to get up and read like at the front of the class. Yeah. And I was so conscious about my voice sounding gay. I mean, I don't know why. <laughs> clearly I had nothing to worry about. But yeah, you become very sensitive and like um, self-conscious about things when you're gay, like your voice, because you just feel like anything you do that draws attention just potentially opens you up for like criticism and being attacked yeah it's quite scary and i think we like now we live in london and probably you same as me are surrounded by people who are very accepting you don't really come into contact with a lot of that these days yeah but it's um it's easy to forget because you don't want to remember there was a time where you basically walked through every day of your life just kind of always fearful that someone was going to call you out for being something that you had no control over oh yeah it's just like you had this like deep secret it was so exposing and i think one thing that always gets underestimated is is like you just said the secret element of it because like a lot of people when i was younger and um, was kind of worried about coming out which is like oh you, your parents won't care your family won't care everyone will love you anyway and it's like coming out i think is about more than just saying you like boys it's about you end up revealing to your family, oh, by the way, you don't know me as well as you thought you did because I've been basically lying to you. For yeah. Years. And that's another really hard aspect of it for me that makes you feel like very isolated and um, disconnected. Yeah. I think. I can't believe we got this serious. We've never we have before. got this serious. Yeah. I know. It's like five second chunks of being serious before, but that's <laughs> someone like a dick joke. But... I know. You need to put some violins over this section. <laughs> get the tissues. the queens are. I know. Get the tissues out. Bagger says after the mini challenge, she's walking like Tina Turner, uh, <laughs> suggesting that she has an erection, uh, which gives me a perfect opportunity to show off my Tina Turner impression. Okay, here we go. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. I only have like she's in the room. That was actually visually more horrifying. Than it was. <laughs> it was. I feel really bad Slightly that Charlie stunned. had to see it. He's wow. actually cowering now. Wow. <laughs> and Blue is jealous because it's not legal for gay marriage in Northern Ireland at the time of filming, but that changed I know. this how, week. For how fortuitous. I know. Oh, oh my God, words. Charlie, you're just showing off now. There's too many Sorry, good words. Call me Susie Dent, babe. <laughs> dictionary Corner over here. Confidence and Dictionary Corner. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so obviously that's one of the weird things about filming a show that airs months later, that they can be a bit out of time. But yeah, that changed this week, so that's great. Well done, Northern Ireland. How, what are your feelings on marriage, Charlie? Not that you'll ever have to worry about that. <laughs> You're asking it. Oh my god. You can't see this, listeners, but I am on one knee at the moment. It's my osteoporosis. I can't say that word. I can't say any words. So I think, um, yeah, no, I, I believe in the institution of marriage. You do. I'm quite traditional in that way. Yeah, I am. Ooh. But I only, only ever got married once. You only got married once? I only ever want to get married once. Well, who wants to get married more than once? Well, some people want to get, like, five husbands. Do a Liz Taylor. I don't think that's the aim. I don't think you're like, oh, I'm getting married, and but I'm going to get a new one. Unless you're, like, a (laughs) full-on hoe. But I, um... I... I feel like I've spent a lot of my life having this conversation, and it's actually really annoying, even though I just brought it on myself. But I I love weddings, and how I feel about marriage is the way that I feel. It's not something I would want to push on someone else but I would never want to get married myself for me I don't think I don't like 
the notion of promising your whole life to someone because I think that we change so much over the years that it's quite impossible to make that promise and know you're going to stick to it. Oh. And I don't know if I'm a bit cynical because I come from a broken home and when you've seen... Okay, now let's get very kitchen sink in there. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, I, look at the violins and, and the statistics because like I think it's like 50% of marriages end in divorce it's just a bit like I enjoy a good wedding but really the stats are just not in your favour ever in your favour oh, wow. cheering everyone up <laughs> <laughs> wow just what a fun podcast we've got here uh, up next depression <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I love I love the quote that Davina gives. She says, "Your belief is a belief, but my existence is a reality." It is the one and only bag of chips MBE. Uh, I spoke to her at this week's Pink News Awards. Oh, another award. The fabulous Pink News Awards. All oh, right. Where's my invite again? But I do have to explain this interview now because basically, I was speaking to Bag of Chips, and um, as you'll hear in the clip coming up. Uh, we start talking and then someone interrupts our conversation. <gasps> Who? This and, is mystery. And the person is Jeremy Corbyn. So you will see. <laughs> Who else? So Jeremy Corbyn comes up to Bag of Chips and starts speaking to her as I'm mid-interview. I'm just like stood gagged by it. So then... Uh, the Do you sound- think you were hallucinating? Well, I knew he, I, I knew he was going to be there, and I've met him there before, so I wasn't like gagged. But it was just the fact that I wasn't expecting it in the middle of a bag of chips interview. Um, so yeah, I was interviewing. So you'll hear when I stop talking, I'm trying to basically eavesdrop on their conversation, but can't really hear it. And then when the interview picks up in the second clip, I ask bag of chips about Jamie Corbyn and there's a very, very long silence. But just to give you an image, Bagger was just basically shell-shocked by the fact she'd just met Jeremy Corbyn. Corbyn. So um, I spent longer explaining the interview than the actual interview itself last. <laughs> All the best interviews need it. I hope <laughs> you enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy. I see you've got your repeat of Adjon. Yeah, I've got my repeat of Adjon representing the show. <laughs> yeah. so, so you don't mind there's no prize money? You're happy with your badge? Well, the prize money is you're getting so much you're getting so much um, work. You're getting so much work out of it. So, hello, darling. You're right. Not as good as you, but I'm all right. <laughs> of all the people, I expected to interrupt our interview. I wasn't expecting Jeremy Corbett. Oh, he loved your outfit, though. I feel really bad because he's a really nice man. <laughs> what? A, why have you been slagging him off? Well, I have in the past. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna lie. I do, I do a good thing in the paper. But, um, well, I he's think... just a lovely man. I'm feeling really bad now. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, obviously I need to congratulate you. I saw you at the Attitudes. You told me it was your favourite episode. I was like, I think you're gonna win. Then you're like, you have to wait and see. Obviously, but episode two. I was iconic like, iconic moment. The much better thing has just been a. Oh my god, it's global. It's like meme, meme, meme. There's a illegally blonde meme, and it's just. I think it's had like 10,000 retweets and it's just all over the world and it's mad. Did you kind of know when you filmed and you won that that was going to turn into something or can you not really tell till you see it on TV? Could you tell when you were filming it that it was going to turn into something big, that saying? Or was it... Much better. Well, no, I didn't because it's a script and I've never said much better in all my life. (laughs) And they said, and Michelle was like, much better. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's amazing. And she was like, no, much better. I was like, oh, really? Thank you. And she said, no, your line is much better. And I was like, oh. And I think that's what made it funny because, yeah, I know it's that. And I just wanted to do that proper British Dick Van Dyke, Mary Poppins, um, 
you know what I mean? Just proper British, like, Oliver kind of... Because I, I think that's what um, a maid would be like in that yeah. day, you know what I mean? So, How many people have come up to you since it aired and said it to you? Oh, my God, it's the only, it's the, the only thing they say to me now. It's like, <laughs> literally, I'm doing a show. I did a show at the Two Brewers in Clapham, and I went on stage, and it was just match matter, match matter, match matter. And I'm like, all right, let me finish my song. And it's, I like saying it, and it's brilliant, but it's like... <laughs> There's a guy at the, on the front, and I'm like, you've said that 20 times now, can I just do it? <laughs> Are you going to get it on all the merch, though? Oh, it's, we've already got T-shirts out at the Tuck Shop. Um, Tuck Shop. Tuck, it's www.tuckshopuk.com. Yes, yeah, so you plug it, darling. Yes, yeah, so and you can get your T-shirts. And I'm also <laughs> in Panto in the West End. I'm doing um, Trafalgar Studios in Cinderella. And um, tickets are on sale, so get that. And, um... Yeah, that's literally round the corner, Trafalgar Studios. And I'm the evil queen. So, oh, yeah. Stereotyped part. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is there anything um, that you've seen so far on the show that's not how you remembered it or things are coming across that are like oh we didn't know that at the time or has it all been pretty much similar so far well it's, just, it's just been the best time ever like I, I'm not going to tell you how far I come but it's just like you've got a lot more to say that's what I'm saying there's a lot more iconic moments so <laughs> you know yet? it's just... probably even better than much better you never know even better than much better snatch games and stuff so yeah you got to well, we've all heard the Snatch Game is amazing. We can't wait for it. Is it episode four, is it? Yeah. I can't say because I might go in episode three. But, you know. <laughs> oh, you have to be careful, don't you? Yeah. Um, is there a reunion? Do you know? I think it's more just... Um, I think it's... They film it how they film All Stars. Yeah. So it's... Um, do you know how they film All Stars on the stage? But we've, we've filmed three endings, so we don't know who's won it. But the top three have all filmed an ending. Yeah, same as the US one. But we don't know if because usually even All Stars they have sometimes have reunion. Yeah, but hopefully I, I we'll get. I, one. Think I think there's going to be a reunion, but not filmed yet. Absolutely. The Vivian and Cheryl having a go at each other, <laughs> ripping each other's yeah. wigs off. Can't I, wait. They were always arguing. I was always in the background, just like. I, I, I know, you'll, you'll see it on the show I don't bitch about anyone I, I say the odd funny thing like oh she looks alright mess you know what I mean but nothing nasty or... oh, I thought you'd be one of the ones going for it like really arguing with them well there is there is one point where I'm more um, if, I'm one of them kind of people if somebody don't like me or if somebody thinks I'm a bit of a twat I'm just that's none of my business I love me I love my life I love what I do and everyone else loves you as exactly. well everyone's talking about bagger if you don't like me then you've got very bad taste <laughs> I'll also mention after that interview what I said to Jeremy Corbyn um, because after <laughs> after I'd finished the interview with Bagger I went up to him and then um, I asked him if he was a fan of her and he admitted that he didn't actually know who she was so even though the he'd shade come, from Jeremy Corbyn even though he'd come up and literally asked for a picture with Bagger Chips he didn't oh. know who she was so he oh you're calling out you're calling him a hypocrite Oh, calling out our right honourable Jeremy Corbyn. I see. No, I like the fact that I he. I see. <laughs> I like the fact that he like just saw her, thought she looked fabulous, and wanted a picture. But what he didn't know is that bag of chips has slagged him off in the past. She. So I don't know if he found that out afterwards. But then I couldn't think of anything else to say to Jeremy Corbyn when you've got a potential prime minister in front of you. So I just said, um, "Would you ever do drag?" <laughs> so basically asking the the tough political questions, and he oh said, my "God, it's like Emily Maitlis." <laughs> What's going on? Is this news night? He was just like... People getting confused when we listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's like, is this The Economist? What's going on? But here's the big exclusive. Jeremy Corbyn said, it's a work in progress. Oh! So, season two! Season two, season two Jeremy Corbyn! <laughs>
He'd probably be more successful at that than he would at leading the Labour Party. Oh! 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 The shade! United Queendom!